Hi, I'm Madison. And you better hold on tight, Spider Monkey. Oh, thank God. I thought you were going to take mine. Um, hi, I'm Sydney. And you nicknamed my daughter after the Loch Ness Monster? Oh my god, that was my second choice. I totally <laughs> thought that you were going to steal my quote. And I, when I thought of it earlier this afternoon, I was like, damn it. <laughs> uh, that was like third on my list. Um, the That was third on my list. My second one was, um, I love to watch you sleep. <laughs> Ew. Okay, so yeah, that movie is just so damn quotable. I thought about incorporating vital scores <laughs> in it somehow. Because... <laughs> I don't know about you, but I <laughs> kind of just walk around my house now, like when I'm doing menial everyday tasks and I'm like doing my dishes and I don't know where I'm like, battle scars. <laughs> battle scars. Battle scars. <laughs> um, so what do the Loch Ness Monster and enjoying watching people sleep and spider monkeys all have in common, Sydney? They're all a part of the cinematic universe masterpiece also a book <laughs> series uh magnum opus of stephanie meyer known as the twilight saga um woo buddy i've been looking forward to this oh my god uh do we want to discuss how we decided to talk about twilight because we were planning before christmas and also sorry we've been gone for a little bit but like finals and christmas and yada yada you didn't miss us it's whatever um <laughs> you don't you, care. You actually don't care. You were with your families. You were Before, eating dinner. You were, you were watching COVID. the fall of our democracy. Um, before um, Christmas, we were talking about doing like vintage '90s toys, which is still coming because a lot of people seemed really excited about that idea. But um, the reason we decided to do Twilight is because I texted Madison out of shame, and I said um, I may or may not have unironically watched all of the Twilight movies this week while I was writing my papers, to which you responded. Um, I may or may not have read every single Twilight book except for New Moon because um, I can't be bothered <laughs> in the course of three days. Yeah, we'll get, we'll get into why that is. If you're a true Twilight stan like we are, you get it. Um, you get it. Unless we don't, you're in. We don't speak of the boy. The boy. <laughs> we don't talk about the boy. <laughs> okay, maybe that can be our first. Uh, how do we want to organize this conversation? I thought about do we want to just kind of like drift from topic to topic? Do we want to go book to book? I want you to look at this meme first mm -hmm. and then we'll decide. <laughs> <laughs> Battle scars. <laughs> We should use that as our transition sound from now on. Yes! <laughs> Battle scores. Battle scores. <laughs> Battle scores. Battle scores. I like that. Let's talk about our personal relationship with the Twilight franchise, like when we were younger. Okay. Um, I think you should mention the reason that you bought your car in high school. <laughs> um, <laughs> and kind of how we would feel about Twilight then and maybe how we feel about Twilight now. Okay. Um, because... I have to recognize that I was a little shit, and I thought yeah. I was too cool for I Twilight once it really, really got popular. Every woman our age, um, or, you know, any person our age, I don't want to uh, make this exclusive to the ladies out there, um, everyone our age, I feel like, has this very complex relationship with Twilight, where some, like, internalized misogyny comes into play. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah, I, 
it's remarkable now reading back through Stephanie Meyer's books how much better of a writer she was than when I gave her credit for originally number one yeah, when I was I like agree. a 12 year old and couldn't understand good writing. Me too. I always thought and, she was such a bad writer and then I picked up Midnight Sun recently and I was like this is actually some excellent prose. Like she it's not yeah. Shakespeare but it's also better than like Fifty Shades of Grey which is what I had equated it to in my mind. Same, and that was totally unfair. So what was your first experience? Like, when did you first read Twilight? Um, Not to be a hipster or anything, but I liked Twilight <laughs> before it was cool. Uh, it, not that it was ever cool, <laughs> which you uh, folks will see from my Twilight fan club days. I'll post a picture of that on the Instagram. Um, but Twilight really took a hold of the public consciousness I think when we were like in seventh grade and I think I read the first Twilight book in fifth grade um so I had read Twilight in elementary school I had read New Moon in sixth grade and I think like when Eclipse and Breaking Dawn was coming out so was the first Twilight movie if I have my timeline correct so, um, I had just found it in the library. I thought the cover looked cool, so that's why I started reading it. Um, but I was a huge, 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 huge fan of Twilight. I still am. Unironic. I don't care. Shame me all you want. I love Twilight. <laughs> I will die on this hill. Fight me. I will die on Fight this hill. Me. And rewatching the movies has only, like, solidified this pure joy I get out of the twilight story like i understand how cringy it is but i like rebel in that it brings me so much joy um agreed uh i think the peak of my twilight fandom um if you will was in sixth grade no whenever the first movie came out it was right after the first movie um one of my friends had gotten the blue jacket with all the pockets that she wears um that yeah. Bella wears and I was so fucking jealous that I made my mom buy me one for Christmas so I had uh Bella Swan's like blue cargo jacket um type thing and I still have it it's literally hanging in my closet <laughs> I've, it's too small for me now but I will never get rid of it What's so unfair is that that really became a staple fashion item at Old Navy like 10 years later. <laughs> I do not. Every jacket that Old Navy offers looks exactly like those jackets 10 years ago. God, I'm just so cool. I'm so ahead of everything. <laughs> okay, so to, to take away from um, my coolness, I read Twilight, not to be a hipster, but I also read Twilight before everybody. Nice. Um. But my mom was the one that got me to read it because she read it first because somebody that she worked with was like, oh, I really like this. I feel like that's probably not an uncommon way that people got into Twilight. Yeah. So <laughs> my mom told me to read a book and I did. Um, and I read it in like two hours. Like once I read that yeah. first line, I was hooked. Like, oh my God. And it was, I was in like fifth grade. I didn't understand oh the God. intricacies I'm sorry. Of I love Twilight love. so much. Like the joy and love is just overwhelming me right now. <laughs> <laughs> and yeah, so I didn't, I didn't actually read then. I think I was like ahead of maybe some of the release dates of the next ones, or I had waited a while to read the next ones. And I read New Moon and I was like, ugh. I, How can I, I remember. Like, 
where I was when I read New Moon. I was laying in my bed just like sobbing. I was despondent. I think I could probably like go ask my mom um, if she remembers that time of me just like being so fucking upset that Edward left. Uh, same. I was like, this book is worthless. I don't care. It really was. I, I was like, I'm throwing it away. And I feel like I was young enough too to like not understand they use ex machinas or like Edward's got to come back for the plot. Like Edward was dead in, <laughs> in my, my mind, mind, and it wasn't <laughs> it wasn't gonna get better. He's gone forever. Um, and now we're stuck with this furry. Yeah, we're stuck with the worst characters. Bella, <laughs> who is <laughs> a dog turd of a character. <laughs> no offense. Uh, well, I will say. I will say, reading the books, I have a better appreciation for Bella now that I'm older and I've gone back and read the books than I did when I was younger. Yes, I don't... Sorry, I have strong feelings about this. Yeah, I I definitely had, like, some internalized misogyny at the yeah. beginning. Like, oh my gosh, just boy crazy. Um, love triangle, can't make up her mind, weak-ass female protagonist. And reading back... She's a lot more snarky. She's a lot more stand-up for herself. She is pretty decisive, actually. Um, it's everybody else that's kind of, like, trying to make the decisions around her. Yeah, that's and I what... Feel like... Sorry. I keep wanting to go on these tangents. I have so many opinions. <laughs> yes, <it's> so exciting. <laughs> so many opinions. <laughs> yeah, and um, she's just so much more fleshed out than what I remember. I think it was because there was such a gap in me, like, reading the books and then watching the movie. That's I, like, started what I was... associating the movie portrayal with the book. Yes. And they're not the same. Yeah, the reason they're both great. that people project this image of Bella being a boring character is because of Kristen Stewart, I think. Um, which, like, that's a whole other can of worms. Watching back the movies, I thought she was fine. Like, she's portraying this character the way Stephanie Meyer wrote the character, that she's literally a vessel for the reader to inject themselves into the story. Um, So that's why she doesn't have any strong characteristics. That's why she's just kind of, like, definition of normal is because you're supposed to be able to, like, just cast all of her attributes aside and replace them with yourself. And that's mm-hmm. easier to do via a book because, of course, you're imagining yourself in that situation versus a movie where you're watching it and all of the information is being given to you and you're not having to do any of the work. So, yeah, I think that's why we all, like, projected this image of Bella being a boring character where, like, to loop back what we said about Stephanie Meyer, she's actually a more capable author than we give her credit for and that's what she's doing. Right. And also, I mean... Chris, Kristen Stewart in other films has been absolutely wonderful. Like, I She's love her actress. portrayal of Joan Jett and The Runaways. Mm-hmm. I think that she takes direction from directors very well. And I'm sure, you know, like you said, trying to maintain this sort of, like, generic aura about her so everybody can kind of inject themselves into her position. Um, she definitely did a great job of that, but Nailed it makes it. it so much more boring to watch on, <laughs> yeah. on film. Yeah. Also, I, I think you're supposed to get a sense of, like, I saw a TikTok about this and it, like, opened my eyes. Like, oh, she's not a reliable narrator because 
you're being told the story from her perspective. And I think that we all at that time in our lives, like teenage years, like 18, 19, you think a lot of self-detrimental thoughts. You don't think that you're special. You don't think that you have like any shining, defining characteristics that other people might see differently. (laughs) (laughs) No, but a lot of people struggle with like self-identity at that time. Yeah, for sure. That's when you're supposed to like find yourself. Yeah. And I think that you're like, and she gets a lot more badass over the course of her books yeah. and, you know, in the movies experiencing too. these things. Yeah. yeah. So I think that that's part of it, too, is, like, at the beginning, she's unsure of herself and it's a whole new situation and you're like, oh, Yeah, like, if you think about, about her situation, how would you feel if your mom picked up with a minor league baseball player to go tour the country and you got sent to live with your estranged dad in a rainy-ass town? Like, of course she's going to be sad. Of course she's going to, like have moments where she's not to use reuse the word despondent but like you know she's looking for excitement and she definitely finds it (laughs) right like reading back in her relationships with some of the other um like high schoolers that she's going to school with Mm -hmm. I was like oh I feel this in my soul where she's (laughs) like I don't want to go dress shopping I don't give a shit (laughs) about this prom yeah all these boys I I felt that (laughs) yeah I saw a TikTok about this um that like people think another reason people think that Bella is a boring character that her and Edward's relationship is awkward is that the movies like completely cut out stuff like that where you have these quirky character developments like because the all of the movies are completely driven by plot because you can't afford to put stuff like that into a movie that's supposed to be an hour and a half long so mm-hmm. you miss like Edward and Bella bonding over music and her like falling outside the school and like hating herself for being clumsy and her relationships with like Jessica and Tyler and all them yeah like I feel like you miss a lot of like oh she's actually setting up these other friends to be together because she can't stand the idea of this guy like constantly hitting on yeah, her yeah fuck and- Mike first of all <laughs> Oh my god, Mike is the worst. Everybody knew a Mike. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> oh, I can't have you. Well, I guess I'll just date the other friend in the group and we'll be on and off. And it's such bullshit. I'm just going to be a nuisance to every social interaction I have. I wish they would have showed more of her relationship with the normal high schoolers, though, because they all are interesting characters. And, like, Jessica was the damn valedictorian, and, like, we never. That never, like, gets discussed in the movies. I think the graduation scene was cut out of Eclipse. Um, completely. Uh, mm-hmm. I just watched all of the extended cuts on Amazon, so I got to see that part. <laughs> 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 yeah, you miss a lot of the regular high school moments, like where she goes to help out with like graduation invitations and right. things like that. It's like, oh yeah, you know, this. These are like little endearing moments that I think really bring yeah, you to enjoying the character. Not all about complete fantasy and love triangles. Like, there's no grounding principles to the books that you just don't get in the films. And now that I'm older too, I definitely have a better appreciation for like the parental relationships mm-hmm. in this and like having to manage those too. Oh. Charlie oh my is god. a damn saint. Oh my god. Don't get me started about police chief <laughs> forks washing Charlie Swan and Carlisle and oh my god, another wave of joy just came over me. They're my favorite characters now, like completely and solidly. Team Charlie. <laughs> Fair. 100%. 
what a supportive father figure. Like, low-key, in the background, not very talkative, so unproblematic. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. All he does is crack jokes and, like, protect his daughter and drink beer. Oh, Rob is calling me. Hold on. Uh, Ask him his thoughts. <laughs> Hello? Hello. Hey. Home. Oh yeah, did I get two packages? Yes, one biggie boy and one flat boy. Oh good. Package? Package? Um, my cow skull has gotten in. <laughs> oh. Mad- <laughs> Madison and I are recording right now. Oh, <laughs> I'm sorry, I didn't mean to interrupt. What are your feelings about Twilight? Just like overall, or the books, or the movies, or... Overall is fine. Overall. Thank you for uh... differentiating, though. I don't really get it, personally. <laughs> like, I get why other people do it. Like, I, I can see the appeal of it, but I, I don't get it. Okay. Thank you for being accepting. Yes, you're welcome. <laughs> okay, can I call you later? <laughs> sure, yeah, it's fine. Okay, thank you again. You're welcome. I love you. Love you, too. Bye. Bye. Anyway. <laughs> when are you going to tell him that you bought a car in high school because the Cullens drove it? <laughs> we'll, we'll, we'll get to Carlisle, okay? <laughs> okay, okay. <laughs> um, so, what I was saying was um, a fact that I just learned about Jacob Black that's making me like him a little bit better on the wiki is that in the books he's 6'7". And in the films, he's only 5'10". So I like Book Jacob at this point better than... Yeah, Book Jacob is huge. I, rereading these books once again, with the understanding of a 25-year-old versus a 15-year-old, I had a little bit more sympathy for Jacob as a character because he was 15 in the books originally. I think he was 15 when they first meet. Yes. Like, Bella's 17, he's 15, he's still a kid. He's just an obnoxious 15-year-old boy. He's so obnoxious. You can't get mad at that. Yeah, but that's like every 15-year-old boy trying to show off for an older girl. It really, like, rereading it, it's not surprising. Yeah, I guess the thing I just don't like about Jacob is, like, his jock-ish behavior. Because, Mm -hmm. I don't know, like, all he does in the movies is gaslight Bella into thinking that she's in love with him because in the movies like they hang out and they're friends but there's never really like any romance developing at least on her side you can't really see any attraction towards him and then all of a sudden he's like you're in love with me can't you see that i was there for you when edward wasn't and it's like okay dude like she's already solidly in love and in a relationship with this other guy Stop projecting your feelings onto her and, like, giving her this complex. Well, in the books, she purposely admits to flirting with him at the beginning and, like, their second interaction in the book because she's trying to get information about Edward possibly being a vampire in the Quillette legends. Mm. So, like, a little bit more sympathy there, too, because at the beginning, the very beginning, she's like, oh, you're such a good storyteller. Oh, wow. Tell me more. I really enjoyed hanging out with you. And like, That's my queen right that there. Sucks. <laughs> <laughs> that does suck for Jacob, but like, girl boss, let's go. <laughs> 
But so there's a little bit more sympathy for me there as a character. But yeah, like, especially in like the middle of the third book, it's like, all right, dude. She said it. It's like, we've had this conversation. Dude, they're engaged. (laughs) Move on. Oh, the tent scene is like so annoying. Ew. Oh my God. (laughs) Rewatching that one recently, like, I don't know if I just like hate Taylor Lautner and I want to punch him in the face, but like, he plays the most obnoxious like snivelly little asshole when he's like i am hotter than you and it's like shut the fuck up okay yeah robert pattinson is not hot in the twilight movies okay i'll admit it but edward's a hot character they did not know what to do with his sideburns they did not know what to do with his makeup and god bless that poor boy but i fully acknowledge that robert pattinson is hot in real life have you seen him in the lighthouse holy shit (laughs) <laughs> not the character in the lighthouse but no, the lighthouse him as a person uh, a static <laughs> his eyebrows were everyone tragic. looks better in black and white um but yeah i don't know what they did but they just heard the memo like pale and they gave everyone really cakey foundation <laughs> yeah they did my man dirty <laughs> it was um, so bad yeah okay so like that's a good point to bring up um I guess we can get into comparing, like, books to movies. In the books, they're like, oh, these urethral... Not urethral. Ethereal. <laughs> these... Maybe. Ew. Shit. That's the movie portrayal. Urethral. The, <laughs> these ethereal... <laughs> I'm cutting no, that. No, you Just cannot so you know. cut that. Yeah. You have to leave that in. Okay, these ethereal, they're portrayed as, like, ethereal, like, angelic, beautiful, pale creatures and super alluring. And I found that in the movies, they were not cute. None of them were, like, like, hot. It's supposed to be, like, they're so hot that it's, like, an uncanny valley sense of discomfort you get from looking at them. Mm -hmm. In the movies, they look like... I did in middle school, trying to make myself look like a vampire. <laughs> they look sickly. Yeah, it's not It's not good. It's not the same effect. And this is not looking back at, like, early 2000s fashion with, like, current ideals of beauty. Like, they, it's, even back then, I was like, ooh. It's tragic, yeah. We miss... We miss that mark. Even, even like, the makeup and the face that they did compared to, like... I think they did a really good job with portraying how their eyes were supposed to look. Mm-hmm. But you had those eyes compared to, like... The eyes were gorgeous. Foundation lips. And it was not good. Everyone in really bad wigs, they never got Jasper's hair right. Um, no. <laughs> <laughs> and can we talk about... Speaking of book versus movies, Carlisle... And Esme's relationship, how dirty they did that in the movies. There is no chemistry, no romance, not a spark of attraction between those two actors. And then in the books, they're supposed to have, like, literally the perfect relationship. He saved her after she threw herself off of a cliff because she had a miscarriage. Oh, my God. Like, how tragic. And he, like purposely sought a mate in her and they were like in eternal love yeah and, and her beautiful. superpower is just like super matronly abilities and she can like take care of 
anyone and she's just like the most loving and caring person in the world and he's a doctor and he saves people and they're just like the perfect couple and in the movies I don't think they like even touch (laughs) no yeah you don't even really get like a whole sense of oh my gosh he's a vampire he this should be really hard for him to be a doctor you don't even really get that sense he's just like oh yeah I'm a hot doctor, like, so eh, you get used to what's it. What's good with it? And it's like, no, I want to talk about this a little bit more, actually. Yeah, and also, in the movies, or not in the movies, in the books, they kind of explain that um, they're not that much older than their portrayed and fake kids. Not, like, they're not that much older. They're hundreds of years older in vampire years or whatever. Mm-hmm. Like, they're they're literally, like, in the bodies of somebody maybe five years older than who they're supposed to be parenting. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's, like, all cool because it's all part of the, the relationships that they have and they're maintaining this coven and it's all cool or whatever. And in the movies, I'm like, these people look like parents. Yeah, like, they're, like, definitely old enough to be their parents. <laughs> Yeah, it, there's no distinction. Yeah, and, like, I feel like in the books, even Charlie's, like, um, that's a real young doctor. I like him a lot, but, like... <laughs> Great guy. <laughs> I, yeah, he could be my son. Um, and he could. Okay. An- Why? <laughs> this is something that grinds my gears about Twilight. This is going to be a three-hour podcast. <laughs> <laughs> Why on earth would they be in high school? Why is the book about being in high school? Oh, I could talk about this for days. Okay. So they talk about in the movie and the book how weird it is that all of the quote unquote siblings, like they're all adopted, so they're not actually rated, are dating. Why wouldn't you just be in college? And like, you're not siblings. You're just in college and you all live together. You're all roommates. Why would you want to go to high school again? You could not pay me a million dollars to go to high school again. And they have that fucking wall hanging of like 50 graduation caps. And it's like, go to college. <laughs> people people stay in community colleges for like <laughs> tens of years. Just to like go to Tri-County Tech and take a class or two every semester. <laughs> and nobody's going to bat an eyelash. <laughs> Learn to weld, yeah. Cosmetology one year. Welding the next year, electric ductwork the next year. I know people like that. I know people that do that just for real. (laughs) Maybe they're vampires. I don't know. (laughs) That I feel like that's never properly addressed. Is how this high school is just like cool with all these step siblings dating because I know that they have different last names in the books and they're supposed to be like all adopted and whatever and it's cool. Well, Jessica Um, says if that happened in high school for me, I would be like, these people are weird. Yeah, it's somebody needs mm -hmm. to call CPS. Yeah, this weird ancestral foster kid program, like, and they all look the same. Yeah, Jessica said something in the first movie where she's like, Carlisle is and Esme are like professional foster kid matchmakers. And she wants to be adopted by them. That's so uncomfortable. They all live in the same house. Like, if that was an actual situation, why didn't anybody call Charlie to investigate? Yeah, that's predatory. Weird. Because the implication is that they have not... I can't remember the exact details around this. I could get this wrong. Actual Twilight Sands are going to come for me. I don't think that it's explained, like, how long that they have been adopted together. In great detail. Like, it, it's not memorable to me, this explanation. So I'm thinking, at least from, like, early teenage years, like, 13, 14, 
Yeah. All these siblings living together and, like, dating and stuff? Why, I don't know. Why, That's just kind of weird. Why aren't they just in college? This makes me mad on, like, a bi-weekly basis, probably, when I yeah. remember and that also, you, I, And I get, they're beautiful. They don't want to cover it up in the books. Gorgeous. Wow. Right. Whatever. If you really are dedicated to, like, maintaining this cover, you can dye your hair and put on a little blush. <laughs> And, like, look a little different than your sibling husband, your uncle husband and (laughs) aunt wife or whatever the hell. Yeah, it's like, I don't know, man. Spray tans exist. A vampire could get a spray tan. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Um, Yeah. mm. Mm -mm -mm. All right. There, I said it. I'm getting heated. (laughs) Um, What's our next topic? Uh, Speaking of uncomfortable relationships. Mm. Oh, you're um, gonna talk about risotto? Risotto? <laughs> <laughs> oh, oh, Renaissance? Yeah, that shit's fucked up. Um, can we talk about how weird um, Rasputin is in this? <laughs> Range Rover? It's my least favorite character. <laughs> Rainy day makes me feel so awkward. <laughs> I have a lot of opinions about this, too. Um, <laughs> okay, my first and foremost, my strongest opinion is the reason they named her Renezme <laughs> is because it's her mom's name and Edward's mom's name squished together. Renee and Esme. Why the fuck wouldn't you go with Carly? Carlisle and Charlie. I can't understand. That's a normal ass name. I can't understand. Renee turned your bedroom into a yoga studio the minute you left. How about you don't name your miracle weird child after her immediately? Yeah, she's like not featured in the books at all. And I understand that Bella presumably spent most of her life with her mother and whatever. But like... there's so many better options (laughs) yeah that I'm not gonna lie I feel like the last book and the last movies I think Stephanie Meyer was under a lot of pressure to wrap it up it was a lot of fan service we phoned in this pregnancy we phoned in this child (laughs) character (laughs) why why did that even have to happen I just I guess you have to have a conflict in the last book or whatever, but holy shit. What a way to drive conflict and also give Jacob a happy ending. Oh, oh, but it's going to be an adult in seven years, so it doesn't matter. Also, you you were going to live for eternity. Like you with this kid. Like, I don't know. What's even weirder to me is in the book when you're reading, like, I know... That there's a lot going on. I know. I. It's not postpartum depression, but I feel like it should be qualified as some category in, in that <laughs> bubble. That Bella. It's understandable that this type of relationship with a child hasn't been defined by modern science. Right. <laughs> she she goes through this painful transition into a vampire. She's like learning all these new things about her crazy ass new identity. And the way that she's describing her 
relationship with her child is so weird to me. And I know it's supposed to kind of be because we're not really supposed to think about her child as her child. I don't think you're supposed to think about Bella as a mother figure. Mm-hmm. Um, I think it's more of a character uh, or more of a plot device than anything, this pregnancy. Right. But just reading about it, that made me uncomfortable, too. I'm like, this is a horrible and completely understandable, completely understandable that she would feel weird about this new child. Mm-hmm. And but but the way that it's written, I'm like this. Bella thinks of this child as like a friend or like that's strange. There is there's not really like a super emotional relationship there. And it seems like there is at the beginning. Like, I wanna have this baby. Yeah, she's very pro life, uh, when her pregnancy starts, which is like I'm I don't wanna make fun of that, but it's just like strange for that character. You can really see Stephanie Meyer's like super Mormon values um cropping up. When one, they're waiting till marriage. Two, he called her, um, what was it like? Absolutely, shit. What did he t- call her when she was in that khaki skirt? Um. Oh God, the khaki <laughs> skirt and navy top combo. Yeah, uh. he was like, you look positively, like, uh, indecent. That's what he said. Um calling her indecent when she was wearing her ankle length khaki skirt and then this whole like pro-life rampage that bella goes on when she's literally turning into a vampire and um yeah i don't know i support edward when he was like i'm gonna rip it out of you (laughs) i i mean i get why that character had to feel that way because if not you have no relationship with rosalie you don't really have any explanation as to why rosalie feels the way that she does rosalie's character arc is perfection actually it is amazing rosalie might actually be my favorite character she swiftly turned into my favorite character in eclipse when they did her backstory um yeah it's so understandable when you think in the timeline of like oh she was was it the 60s? 20s. 50s, 60s? 20s. Oh, see, even earlier. Yeah. Where she's, like, beautiful and trying. and But she's really not even paying attention to her own beauty. Yeah, she's like, trying her idea like, a of a perfect life is, like, the American dream. Um, rich husband, two children, uh, picket fence. And then she gets straight up mortared by her fiancé and his dumbass friends, and then she turns into a vampire, and she's like, holy shit, I want to die, probably. Definitely. And then the only reason she keeps going on is because she finds Emmett, and she's, like, madly in love with him, and then they can never have kids, and, like, her, that's why she's such, like, perceived as such a negative person, and is just, like, radiating hate, and that's when you figure out, like, that's why she doesn't like Bella, is because Bella has everything she wants, but is willing to throw it away to become what Rosalie is and hates about herself. And then she has this baby and they like make up. It's such a good character. Perfection. <laughs> Perfecto. Ah. It's so good. So it's good. so good. Yeah. And she's like, I only, you know, messed up when she like got revenge and killed her assailants. Yes. And I'm like, yes, yes. Yes. And she Get goes, I was a bit dramatic back then. Like oh my god, killing everyone oh, one by one in, the wedding in a dress? wedding dress, knowing that your fiance is saving him for last, so he knows you're coming. So good. <laughs> <laughs> I aspire 
to be that kind of dramatic. <laughs> that's how, that's the kind of drama I'm going to be when I receive my feather robe in the mail. <laughs> yes. I was yes. saving you for last. So you knew I was coming. You know how people, like, this gets brought up with Hamilton a lot. Like, if you could just insert the word bitch in a couple <laughs> of different key scenes. I saved you for last, bitch. <laughs> just hits different. Hold on tight, spider bitch. <laughs> oh, fun fact about that line. Robert Pattinson uh, just off the cuff came up with spider monkey. Like, they left that open to interpretation and that's what he came up with. I okay. Um, circling back to this, I've been waiting to tell you this um, <clears throat> for the podcast. But I've always been wholeheartedly Team Edward, and I loved Edward. But I found out something the other day that has completely turned me off to Edward, and he is no longer my favorite character. Go on. He's a Gemini. <laughs> oh, <laughs> sorry. No, sorry, Haley. <laughs> Sorry, sorry, Haley. Sorry. <laughs> oh my God! Speaking of Haley, is that why he can't make up his damn mind? <laughs> I'm a monster. I'm the greatest. I'm in love. I hate her. I'll never leave you. I'm leaving. Needs to Brazil. Um. <laughs> uh, speaking of Haley, and this is how I will in- introduce my car that I bought in college. Um, my first car that I got myself, and I guess my only car that I've ever got myself, is, um, uh, I had a Volvo, I've forgotten the model at this point, my dad killed it, he hit a pig, (laughs) he killed my Volvo. (laughs) He hit Mothman as a callback. (laughs) He he ran over some pig-shaped cryptid in the woods and, um, killed my Volvo, but I spent specifically remember when I was touch driving that car looking at the logo I was like oh my god I am Edward Cullen and uh I remember going back and researching the type and uh the model of his car and mine was the same and that got me really excited and so I named him Carlisle of course because gotta throw a pun in there and then one time when I just got in the car I went to school and Haley was in the studio, and I asked her if she wanted to go on a ride, and um, she said yes, and she came outside, and I showed her the car, and we got in, and I told her the factoid about Twilight, and she had a moment, and she was like, oh my <laughs> god, I am in Edward Cullen's car, like, so serious, <laughs> it was so funny. <laughs> pure fangirl moment and i was just like hell yeah that car was zoomy as shit too remember all those bumper stickers that was like i drive like a cullen like that would have been the perfect car to put it on truly was so believable too because we really did zip around in that little car God, i felt so cool in that car rip carlisle yeah i'm i miss you having that car that was such a good car like it was a piece of shit but i loved it Mm. Okay, so Edward's a Gemini. The pregnancy's <laughs> weird. Yeah. Um, Jacob is an annoying little shit. Yeah. There are some other problems with the, these books that I think we should touch on. I adore this series. It is so freaking weird that he, Edward, begins his journey with Bella by watching her sleep 
and sneaking into her room and sitting outside of her window. I would say big, that that's a freaking big red no, flag. No. That's a big red flag. Um, as much as I like Edward more than Jacob, that is a problem. Like, there's a point where she wakes up and he's there. Like, yeah. in her room. That's so fucked up. Why would we try to normalize that behavior, Stephanie Meyer? Yeah, Stephanie. Stephanie. Um, Get around the call. I mean, overall, like, the, the relationship between a vampire and a human is not a good one. Um, it <laughs> yeah, is... traditionally, as we know. <laughs> yeah, I know that we touch on it throughout the series. Like, oh, I'm so bad for you. I don't have a soul, blah, blah, blah. Uh, I could kill you, but I, and I don't care. Wow, I love you. That's a big thing to overlook. Mm-hmm. I thirst for your blood, and I... Not only do I thirst for your blood, but your blood is my own personal brand of heroin. And, like, you smell better to me than anyone else in the world, and I want to rip your fucking throat out and satiate my hunger on your life juice. That's toxic. (laughs) (laughs) That's... Um... A lot to process. (laughs) Oh my god. And I started reading Midnight Sun. Um, For those who don't know what Midnight Sun is, it is the Twilight, the original Twilight book from Edward's point of view rather than Bella's. And the scene where they're sitting in the biology classroom um, together for the first time when he, like, looks disgusted by her when she walks by the fan. One of my favorite scenes. It's so funny. Um. Oh. <laughs> I smell shit. <laughs> Who stepped in shit? <laughs> that's, that's the type of look he gives to Bella and that poor thing. She, like, sniffs her armpits. It's so funny. But, um, <laughs> in the Midnight Sun, he's calculating how he can kill her and everyone else in the classroom before he gets caught because her blood smells so good to him. And he, like, theorizes how he can get away with murdering her, like, actually killing her and, like, having to kill Charlie, too, because he would be too upset. So he was gonna, like, do a fucking quintuple homicide. He explains this to his family too he's like talking it over with carlisle like we might have to relocate like i know i'm gonna screw up my entire family's facade here i know and alice is just sitting there like i don't see a future in which you actually kill her and he's like it's gonna happen just wait for it Mm, but i really want but i want to it would be so yeah. good. He also stalks her, um, which, I mean, it ends up okay because he protects her from, like, weird creepy men on the street. Cool. Redemption. But also, you're, like, freaking stalking her while she's hanging out with her friends to, like, protect her or whatever. Yeah. Um, if somebody did that to me in real life, whoa. No, no, no. Another red flag, yes. <laughs> I'm calling my my father the chief of police charlie swan (laughs) charlie was like completely oblivious to all this shit too he's literally the chief of police and like someone's breaking into his house every night it's kind of like you know how the capitol building (laughs) was broken into it's like that same level of like doesn't make sense (laughs) come on in oh whatever the window's unlocked i guess um you know it's an old house you just slip right out (laughs) um that reminded me of something else that I thought was really sweet to just backpedal on Edward's um, toxic traits. Um, you said he doesn't have a soul, and he, like, 
completely believes that. He's he thinks he's a monster, that he's damned, that he was created like by Satan and he lives only to destroy life. That reminded me of the scene in New Moon where he's about to expose himself so that he may die because he thinks Bella is dead. Expose himself as a vampire? <laughs> yeah, you don't remember that part? No, I know, but you just said expose himself. No. <laughs> no, he's gonna... He wants to be put on the child sex uh, offender list. <laughs> he goes to a park and pulls his pants down. He's in Italy in the middle of a busy, uh, crowded area, and he's just in a trench coat naked. I think, do you remember that movie, Vampires Suck? That was the plot point of that. Oh, I don't. I remember seeing the advertisements for it, but I never watched it. I went and saw it, and at that point in the movie, um, they show a pair of disco balls. (laughs) Because, you know, he's sparkled. Uh, yeah. But it's anyway, um, this is actually about to be like a really sweet sentiment, and I completely ruined it by implying that he whipped his dick out in front of children. I'm so sorry. <laughs> so he's about to expose himself as a vampire <laughs> to um, the city of Voltura or whatever it's called, uh, because he thinks Bella is dead and he wants to be killed by like the secret vampire mob or Nazis or whatever they are. And, um... Oh, yeah. Yeah, the vampire mafia. <laughs> and, uh... So, <laughs> he steps out into the sunlight, and he's all sparkling, and, like, Bella gets him just in time, and runs and, like, hugs him, and, like, forces him back into the shadow with, like, this tackle hug that she does. And when he hugs her back, he says, Heaven, because he thinks that he's been killed, and he's seeing Bella again, because... Um, he thinks she's dead, of course. But at that moment, you see all of that relief in his face because at that moment he thought he was in heaven, implying that he did have a soul and that he wasn't a monster. And that just warms my little heart. I know. That is, I think that that is one of, like, the deeper and more sad points in this whole entire series is, like, the idea of immortality actually being a huge curse and not knowing what your purpose is right like the only one that i feel like we never see any kind of internal struggle with is emmett who's like i like to <laughs> destroy cars <laughs> why would someone like as deeply why would somebody as deeply troubled and complex as rosalie like emmett so much is it the simplicity that she's attracted to oh for sure i think it's one of those opposites attract thing where she's like this sweet Golden Retriever boy. Oh, yeah. He is Makes me feel happy and not take myself as seriously. Chaotic good, and I love that. Every every uh, single series needs to have a chaotic good like that. Um, mm-hmm. Can we talk about how every... Um, I think every girl thought she was Alice in seventh grade. Everyone identified 100%. with Alice. 100%. Uh, yeah. Which I I personally did not, but, like, everyone was obsessed with Alice. Was it the pixie cut? Like, what was it? <laughs> I don't know. I, like, I remember really liking Alice early on. I think because she's, like, alternative and edgy. And I like her being, like, the resolution to a lot of the issues in the book. I think that it's 
she had to be the character to sort of accomplish what she did. Yeah, but, like, rereading the books, I was like, I don't know why everybody was so obsessed with her as a character. I think it's because, like, in 2007, we hadn't been fully exposed to, like, the hipstery indie girl scene, and she was, like, our first, um... Manic introduction, girl. yeah, into that kind of world. Yeah. I don't know. I wasn't into it. But, um, I guess I'm glad other people identified with her. <laughs> Can we also talk about, um, this high school's lax ass attendance policy? <laughs> when Edward just dips out for like years at a time. I know that they're going to a small school in Washington State. My dad went to a high school in Alaska with two people, and they still counted his attendance more than I think that they do in Washington State. Oh, my God. <laughs> oh, my God. It's nice weather. We're going camping as a family, and they're not going to be in school again. Um, It doesn't matter that you have perfect grades. There are attendance policies mandated by the state. If you don't go, um, you're in trouble. You're kicked yeah, out. A truancy officer is going to show up at your house. Charlie Swan is going to have to Charlie come. Charlie <laughs> Swan is going to roll up to your Frank Lloyd Wright-esque house in the woods and drag your ass to school. You got to go to biology. Sorry about it. Yeah. If you didn't want to abide by those rules, you wouldn't have gone to fucking high school. Holy shit. Just go to college. <laughs> I was thinking about this the other day. Like, naturally, they're all very smart because Edward, like, Bragg's and Midnight Sun that he has like four PhDs and an MD or something. Yeah, you've had all the time in the world. Yeah, can Bella like feed? She's such a kid, like an obscure character as far as her education goes because like when she's done with high school, her first thought isn't go to college, it's become a vampire and a mom and live in the woods. And it's like... <laughs> I saw this as a discussion on Reddit about what people thought that she might have gone to school for, because people were speculating that she would be, like, a really good doctor, and then other people are speculating, like... Because she does... I mean, there are parts in the beginning, like, in Twilight, the first book, where she's like, oh, yeah, the Phoenix education system was, like, really rigorous. She's already read all the books that they've read in English. She's already done the lab that they do in biology. Mm -hmm. And she's, like, shown to be a pretty intelligent student. Yeah. But you're right. There are, like, no academic aspirations for her or even career aspirations. That's kind of a nut. That's a another, like, kind of, I don't want to say Mormon. Like, I don't want to imply that, like, all Mormons feel this way. I'll just say, like, conservative value that um stephanie meyer puts forward is that like she becomes so obsessed with edward and this love triangle that she no longer has any realistic life goals she just wants to become a vampire like even if i became a vampire i would be like oh now i have extra time and i don't have to like shove all this time into like a really rigorous career track so maybe i'll get like four PhDs in medieval history, you know? Like, I don't think that curiosity would be gone. I don't feel like Stephanie Meyer is, like, really trying to stamp that down as a value because Edward does bring her, like, college applications for, like, Harvard. That's true. You know, I think Oh, yeah, doesn't she say she want to go to, like, Dartmouth or something? That's the first time I learned about Dartmouth was in the Twilight books. Oh, my gosh. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, they're pushing higher education and applying for things. And he's like, I think you would really enjoy a year of school, you know, at one of these fancy places. And she's like, you're just going to bribe my way in. And she's like pissed off that he's going to buy her way. Yeah, she's obsessed with like not being older than him. 
Yeah. How long have you been seventeen? Um, <laughs> a long time. A while. <laughs> a while. <laughs> Your hands are ice cold. Your skin is pale you don't white. Need... And ice cold. You don't. <laughs> you ordered me raviolis, and the waitress fell all over herself. <laughs> <laughs> Um, something disturbing I've gotten from Midnight Sun is his ability to read minds. Like, I know that that's a major plot point in the book, but it's never really, like, discussed in the movie. He's just like, I can't read yours. But in Midnight Sun, he's like, it is constant. He's like, I can hear every thought these dumbass teenagers think. And that has to be so exhausting. Yeah, I would be a lot more bitter about it. Yeah, it's like, he's like, you know, naturally it's been a hundred years or whatever, but he can't tune it out. And that's so annoying. Yeah. And also, like, it would be hard not to react. And I'm sure, like, some of the plot points is he's had years and years of practice to do this. But how do you not react to somebody thinking something? Like, sometimes... I say something that I'm thinking, like, I've had a full conversation in my head and I'm thinking about something and I say something out loud that has nothing to do with what I was talking about. (laughs) I don't know how you don't respond to people's thoughts if you're Edward. There's, yeah, there's a part in the, (laughs) like, someone's thinking something and you're just like, oh, actually, the Titanic sunk in 1912 and the person, like, looks at him. Like, excuse me? Uh, There's a part in the book where him and Alice have a conversation without speaking out loud because she just directs her thoughts towards Edward. And Mm -hmm. he has to um, respond in a way that nobody else will know that they're having this conversation. Like, he's like, I look at the ceiling and then I look at the tiles to show that I'm nodding yes. I understand you don't want the other people at the table to ask what you're talking about, but, like, why does it matter? <laughs> if, like, the content of the conversation is still seri- is still secret and Edward's only giving yes or no answers, why does it matter? Yeah, true. Okay, we- I feel like we've ragged on this a lot. <laughs> what are some things that you really like? About Twilight? Yeah. Um, I'll tell you one of my favorite, uh, like, cleanup plot points is whenever everything happens with, um, in in the first book, when everything happens with, um, the ballet studio mm-hmm. and Bella's life being in danger and she gets bit and, oh my god, what's gonna Carlisle. happen? Carlisle! <laughs> I... Love the fact that they burn down the ballet studio and they just like break a couple of tiles at the hotel and call it a day. Like, yeah, she's, she's like, I fell down the stairs. <laughs> she's she's in almost a coma because she fell down some stairs. Well, no, in the they say she fell down a flight of stairs and then out a window. Out a window. Oh, I totally forgot about that. Yes, <laughs> yeah. and they just believe her because she's so fucking clumsy. <laughs> <laughs> What a wild story to have to sell, and it's just so glazed over. Like, yeah, she's clumsy. She just fell out a window. Oh, my God. One of my favorite parts in the first Twilight movie is when she's, like, fading in and out of consciousness in the ballet studio, and you can see Jasper and Emmett ripping up floorboards and snapping them in half. I don't know why that's so hot to me, but, like, them just being, like, full force, like, yeah, we're killing this dude for you, Bella. It's awesome. Um... (laughs) (laughs) My favorite part about the Twilight books, my um, 
Is that a wasp? No. Okay. Uh, Is that a white Anglo-Saxon? <laughs> this white Anglo-Saxon Protestant just appeared in my room. <laughs> Weekend at Martha's Vineyard. Uh, my favorite part about the Twilight which I wish had, like, actually gotten more attention is, um, all of the Twilight, uh, sorry, the vampires, um, backstories. I always thought that was the most interesting. And my favorite part about it is that Stephanie Meyer, like, didn't just construct this family of vampires and was like, oh, you know, they're just, like, all ancient or whatever. They're all from different mm-hmm. times, which I really appreciate, like, Carlisle mm-hmm. being the oldest and, like, having turned in this... 17th century i believe if not the 18th um like him being the oldest and like creating this family out of people he believed were dying but needed a second chance and like um edward being born in chicago and like surviving the spanish influenza and like uh how relevant rosalie yeah (laughs) rosalie um, being from the 20s and Jasper being a Confederate soldier, which <laughs> we don't really talk about. <laughs> which we sweep under the rug. We sweep under the rug. <laughs> I saw something that was like, if I was a vampire and I was involved with the Collins, all I would do is constantly remind Jasper that he was a Confederate soldier. I'd be like, your opinion is irrelevant. You were literally a part of the Confederacy. <laughs> But that's my favorite part. And when they have to, like, create the army in the last book and they're, like, going to all these vampires that live alternative lifestyles. The Amazonians were oh, so cool. hell yeah. My favorite was the one that was played by um, Lee Pace, who was in New Orleans. And he fought with Jasper in um, the Civil War. And, like, just being like, oh, so the Collins really are different in getting to see like what normal vampires are living like during that time i really appreciate their like vampire vegan lifestyle that they live (laughs) um especially when all of the other vampires show up like that mutual respect that everybody kind of has for each other and especially the respect that they display for this this family right and it's like something to be appreciated yeah it's it kind of acknowledges that everyone is grappling with this idea of like what are we how do we live as what we are in this world. Um, and everybody's handling it differently. Yeah, I think that's really cool. I think it's also cool, kind of like the supernatural abilities that some of them develop based on really strong characteristics that they had mm-hmm. in their human life. Yeah. Um, I totally forgot and glazed over this when I was like in middle school that Bella actually had supernatural powers and was a shield for everybody. Yeah. And like... Her character, because she's, like, protected everyone by hiding her feelings, she's able to, like, mask her own thoughts and protect other people by, like, stepping outside of herself and being selfless or whatever. Mm -hmm. Like, there's a lot of really cool descriptions of supernatural abilities in that. Right. um, That I totally didn't appreciate the first time I read it. Yeah, the girl that can, like, electrocute people and... I think the Amazonians, they could um, invade your mind and make you think you were somewhere else. Yeah, make you see something else. So, like, I think that they, like, do the same thing with um, Rasputin or whatever, where <laughs> they <laughs> they show her that she's in, like, this beautiful dream forest, but she also is able to, like, show people her thoughts, and it's all, like, a cool chain of showing everyone these beautiful images or whatever. Mm-hmm. 
That just reminds me of that scene in the last movie where she puts her hand on Arrow's cheek, the leader of the Volturi, and he goes, oh, oh <laughs> that actor made gosh. a choice with that character and he stuck with it, but damn, what a wild ride. <laughs> I mean, you gotta respect that. Um, I, I, That's another thing that I really enjoyed rereading this, was the politics involved in like the final standoff. Mm-hmm. Um, I had a lot of appreciation for the battle speeches that were had. Oh, yeah. And I also rolled my eyes at how stupid um, the Volturi are. The Volturi is weird, yeah. It's cool to imagine, like, a vampire mafia, and I guess that there does have to be some sort of, like, law and order in place. I had a Volturi makeup but they just... in middle school. <laughs> <laughs> it's really cheap as Volta. <laughs> as an aesthetic... Very cool. Very cool. Absolutely. Hot Italian mafia vampire. Underground, cool. like Vatican style headquarters. Very cool. Very cool. Um, in rereading this, how they describe these people, they're like basic bitches. <laughs> like basic as in just like follow like the vampire tropes or no, basic as in like they are motivated by such petty shit. Yeah. Like I, I want to collect a group of people that, like, worship me, and it's it's very, it's more high school than, like, some of the high school <laughs> scenes. It's like, I'm trying to collect all the cool kids yeah, to be in my vampire My vampire army. clique. Um, my, if I'm correct, so the motivation of the Volturi is to make sure the vampire secret does not get out. Right. So, that's an interesting parallel to another vampire themed series that i absolutely love what we do in the shadows they have a secret council but their purpose is to make everyone a vampire (laughs) which i thought was funny and i think like if the volturi really wanted like this sense of domination their motivation would be the same but it's not that's true. If they really wanted to control everyone, I guess they kind of try and explain that away with like, oh, newborn vampires are very powerful and chaotic, and if we made right. too many, and you don't want to eliminate your food supply either. I understand that, but ooh, true. I didn't think about those kind of constraints. Yeah, but yeah, like it would definitely be a lot more beneficial, I think, for them if they wanted to exude a ton of power over the human race to try and raise up an actual army of vampires instead of like 20 that are real cool (laughs) yeah wouldn't you just like go track down remarkable humans and make them vampires to see what would happen yeah they don't do that though he's just like he kind of does that with bella but only because he's forced to because she just shows up in italy right yeah and like I think that adds to my idea of this being, like, more of a high school clique, because they're, like, trying to keep... I I understand the the plot point of, like, keeping being a vampire secret, and, like, vampires cannot actually be believed as a real thing, Mm -hmm. Um, but it's, like, kind of an elitist, clicky mentality to be, like, only these cool special vampires, and we the vampires are the best, and we must protect everyone from our knowledge, and... It's kind of, like... Stephanie Meyer didn't want to come up with any more conflicts after New Moon, and so she just made that, like, the overarching conflict. Yeah. Because, like, the first book was kind of cool, where, like, these this rogue pack of vampires shows up, and, like, 
wants to kill Bella, and so the whole family has to, like, go into defense mode, and, like, that's the main conflict, and then, you know, you have the conflict of, um, Victoria, uh, played until Eclipse, and then you just have the Volturi in the background, and then in Breaking Dawn, that's the main conflict, but it's just, like... I don't know. I'm sure that they she did a lot of research into vampires and, like, historical context for vampires for writing these. And there probably is a more historical reason as to why they would not want everybody to know they were vampires. Because I'm sure that there have been some, like, Salem Witch Trial-esque vampire hunts in history. Inquisition type shit. Yeah. So, like, I, I'm probably just lacking a lot of historical context as to why all of this is the way it is. Mm-hmm. But rereading it, I'm like, bro just wants to have, like, a members-only club. (laughs) Yeah, it's very, like, this society is supposed to be, like, it's obvious through the storyline that they've been around since medieval times because that Alaskan, when they explain why you don't turn babies into vampires, it's because one of the matriarchs from like, the Alaskan coven of vampires had turned a toddler um, back in, like, 1100 or something, and the Volturi show up. So, like, they've been around forever, but this idea of, like, boys club, I don't know, seems very, like, 1910s bourbon and cigars type thing to me, slash, like band of freak i don't know as opposed to like this very established vampire society thing i don't know it just seems yeah kind I, of I see juvenile, what you're saying like you said juvenile is a good way to put it because if i think about like like you were describing like the underground vatican-esque sort of ritualized way that they're portrayed aesthetically you would expect more ritualized yeah just like complex motivations rather than the simple like we don't want people to know about vampires and we also want cool vampires yeah and i think some of that's explained but it's not like as reverent as you would expect if i was in the vampire mafia i'd be like okay how are we rigging the next u.s election not like oh this high schooler in forks washington knows about vampires so we should go kill her it's like don't you have bigger fish to fry yeah it's kind of buck wild that they send all of everyone to like i know that they're preparing for this great standoff or whatever but like this would have been dealt with much if this were like a real mafia sort of situation i imagine that it would have been dealt with a lot earlier yeah and by a lot lower ranking members than like we're sending the president of the club himself yeah it's not to come and deal with it (laughs) It's not until after Rigatoni is born that they figure out (laughs) what's going on with her. Um, And it's like, I feel like if you were really this plugged in super secret society that you would have known way beforehand that that was going on. Yeah, you're like keeping, you're the NSA. You're keeping tabs on everybody. There is, you live in a surveillance state, especially when you got people that can like special abilities tune into all of this. Yeah, so it's either like, okay, make them a super secret influential society and have them literally not care about the Cullens or make them to be something else because it just seems like they wouldn't really care all that much if they were allegedly so super powerful. 
I saw where somebody on Reddit called Renesa May Ratatouille. <laughs> I highly recommend that everybody who's interested in Twilight visit the Twilight page on Reddit. I've seen some great memes um, and some great questions to ask yourself as you have book club over this. Like, one of the questions that I wanted to bring up, which I thought was very funny, was we find out that part of Jacob's attraction to Bella is that he has... He imprints on um, risotto, <laughs> which is their fancy way of, like, being linked to somebody forever and ever. True love, soulmate, can't live in the world without him. It falls in love with her daughter. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's suggested that from a purely physical, instinctual standpoint that he is somewhat attracted to Bella because... Um, respondent or whatever is inside her as an egg so that being said men create sperm like every two weeks i think it's all brand new sperm i'm not a doctor i don't know but for a two-week period jacob would have been strangely attracted to edward and had no explanation as to why I like this one. Edward Collin be like, I know a spot that dragging through miles and miles of forest to show you a tiny overgrown meadow, which is his favorite place to cry. I love being emotional in this meadow. <laughs> um, I want to say my favorite part of the first movie real quick, though. I screamed when I was rewatching this when <laughs> the apple falls off of her lunch tray and Edward kicks it up and catches it like the book cover. <laughs> the cheesiest, most unrealistic scene in a movie about vampires and werewolves. And I I love it. It just, oh my god, so much serotonin pumps into my brain when that kind of shit happens. All the good chemicals. <sighs> oh, we have not even talked about the soundtrack. Oh, the soundtrack's full of bangers. You can't find a better this soundtrack. Whole conversation and not talk about how the soundtrack defined a generation. The baseball scene, oh my god. A cinematic masterpiece. They woke up and they said cinematic masterpiece with the baseball scene. Yeah. That that was also I'm glad they put that in the movie because that's just like one of those fun serendipitous things that like a lot of the movies missed. It's like of course they can only play baseball during a thunderstorm because they're all super strong and only thunder can mask the sound of them doing sports. And, like, that's just so cute. That's cute to me. Mm-hmm. It is cute. When she goes, like, vampires play baseball and he's like, it's America's pastime. It's like, they're still people. They, yeah, it's it's weird that they, like, or not weird, it's, it's interesting to find out, like, all of their different hobbies and what they spend time doing whenever they're not, like, pretending to be in high school because they don't sleep. That's a lot of extra time, especially if you've been around for an eternity. You get so bored. So bored. I don't really know of a lot of other fandoms that are willing to, like, shit on it as much as the Twilight fans are because... I like that we're all fully aware that Twilight is actual trash, and it's just a romance novel about vampires and werewolves. But, like, well-written or not, it's still trash. It's still trash. (laughs) I love it so much. 
Yeah, I agree. And that's, I like that everybody has kind of circled around to that. Like, even Robert Pattinson in a recent interview was like, yeah, it's kind of a nostalgic thing for me. Because he hated these books whenever he was filming this. It was so funny. And so, like, even the actors have come around and been like, oh, nostalgia. It was so fun. We were babies. And that's kind of how I feel going back to it now. Like, oh, it's so fun to read these memes and make fun of myself. Do you know how much debt I would go into? To pay those actors to reshoot Twilight today. It would be awesome. <laughs> it would be so They're, like, good. Both Kristen and Rob have gotten so much hotter. And it's like, oh my god, I would watch the shit out of that. Same. Did you know um, the soundtrack is based off of what Stephanie Meyer actually listened to while she was writing the books? No, I didn't know that. That's really yeah, cool. Yeah, she like made the soundtrack. And I love that for her. Stephanie Meyer is actually kind of a beautiful, badass-looking person. She's our cool like, mom. Yeah. She's our collective cool mom. All right, I feel we like need we to wrap, wrap up. this up because we're, <laughs> we're just looking at memes now. This is going to be our longest podcast. We stayed on track for so long just because we love Twilight so much. I could still, like, if I had actually written an outline for this like I had planned to, um, we probably, I would have written, like, AP literature level essays we didn't even get into how twilight and um 50 shades of gray was a result of 9-11 and now i won't even elaborate on it and you have to sit there and wonder why and you have to just wonder um god on that happy note how many people do you think uh actually listen to this whole thing just Haley. If you listen to this <laughs> entire thing, if you've listened to this entire episode, what's the secret word that they should like message us? If you listen to the whole thing, message us the word battle scars with like the smirk emoji. Yes. I we're gonna have a giveaway. <laughs> I'm gonna do a drawing for every person that actually messages us messages us battle scars you're gonna get a secret prize that sydney and i will determine after we get off this call oh my God, that's so i'm gonna fun. put you all in a random drawing and you're gonna get something it probably twilight will swag. be twilight related but it'll be fun <laughs> that's awesome i love that all right <laughs> on that note um, thank you everyone for listening to that literally hour and a half of us just gushing over twilight yeah, and thanks for listening to this because this is going to be our fifth episode and I feel like we've got a lot planned for 2021. Yeah, our New Year's resolution is to get a MeUndies sponsorship. Yes, our <laughs> New Year's resolution is to get a MeUndies sponsorship, so you might be hearing a little bit of sponsored content soon. <laughs> um, but no, truly, thanks for listening and we really appreciate you and have a good one. Great Twilight. Bye-bye. Um, wait, wait, what's the last line in Twilight? Oh, something beautiful, I'm sure. Oh, wait. Can I tell a story real quick? <laughs> um, <laughs> this is relevant to the end of Twilight. Um, one time in middle school, I was walking to class and I fell and I got a concussion. <laughs> um, because I was clumsy. And that night when I had gotten taken home from school, I had just spent my day reading. Which I don't think you're supposed to do with a concussion. But I spent my day um reading the last book and i finished breaking dawn after i had to literally go home from school from being clumsy i was like i am bella oh my god (laughs) okay i have the last line this is for all of our listeners 
And then we continued blissfully into this small but perfect piece in our forever.